Welcome to the Everyman Sports Podcast, the show for fans, by fans. No former pros, no so-called experts, just real passionate fans. From outside on a porch to inside a living room, in the parking lot of a stadium to the dining room table, friends and families chat about their teams, their games, and what makes them cheer. This is Everyman Sports. Hello and welcome to another episode of Everyman Sports. My name is Chad. I'm the owner-operator of this podcast. Our number is 626-427-7678. That's 626-427-7678. You can find us across social media at Everyman Sports. With me this week is my dad. How you doing, Dad? I'm doing great, son. All right, great. Well, let's start off with the week that was, week 10 in the NFL. Uh, started off with the Seahawks clobber and the Cardinals, although the game, the final score made it seem closer than it actually was, but it Cardinals just kind of came back for a late touchdown to make it at least interesting. Um, but Richard Sherman is, uh, I believe, lost for the year with another injury. Just another big name going down uh, this season in the NFL. Um, so that happened. Uh, Browns still winless. Lose 38-24 to against the Lions. Hmm. Uh, that game was actually a little bit close. Browns Browns kept it close, but then the Lions ran off with it. Uh, they, they've been rolling up points lately. They sure have. I mean, there was a lull with the Lions after that giant game. Yeah, now but they're up in the 30s. Now they went back up, so, so things are going well. Another team that's doing really well, coming on really strong, the Saints going to Buffalo, 47-10 to 10, out in the cold. Um Breeze only threw for 184 yards, but I mean they zero passing touchdowns two weeks in a row. Yet they scored 46. The defense is strong. They rebuilt that secondary, and they can run the ball. It's funny they got rid of Peterson, and all of a sudden they start running the ball. So either it was him or just the philosophy changed. Both. Both. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Uh, Vikings pull out a uh, win in Washington, 38-30. to 30. Um, I mean, at one point they were talking about bringing in Teddy Bridgewater, but they're riding Case Keenum, and he's doing really, really well this year. Well, I mean, that's one of the, you know, what is second-best record? Uh, I think so. I mean, you know, everyone's behind the Eagles now with only one loss. But, yeah, I mean, and they've got the, the quarterback problem, so that they don't get much respect. No, seven and two are the Vikings. Seven and two. Right. Yeah, it's the second best record. But um, Thielen, their wide receiver, one hundred sixty-six yards in that game. I mean, when Dalvin Cook went down again, just injuries, and it's it's the the teams that are coming through uh, off of these injuries and um, you know just improving even afterwards. They're the impressive ones, and they're the ones you figure have to go farther in the playoffs. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, he proves he, his revenge. He beats his old team. His revenge, uh, in, a, in really what was a battle of field goals until, uh, finally, uh, Tampa Bay scored a touchdown or two. Uh, 15 to 10 over the Jets. Um, now it's, uh, there was slim playoff hopes to begin with that, but you know, they lost it. So now they can go back to try and sucking for, I don't know who's left. Because they're not going to get one of those top three picks, that's for sure. So they're going to, you know, Jets are going to find a mightling pick in the middle. Probably pick a defensive player, and I'll be sad. So moving on. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, Titans continue their winning ways over the Bengals, 24-20. Um, yeah, what's with the Bengals? They, I don't know. I don't know. Disappointing. No, Big-time disappointment. Andy Dalton seems like he's plateaued. A.J. Green is starting to see his age. I mean, they're constantly... Uh, How much longer for the head coach? I don't know. Marvin Lewis. Um, Mike the Brown. Mike Brown does not like to fire coaches. I mean, there's a reason why he, um, Marvin Lewis has been a head coach uh, forever. Yeah, he's second only to Belichick in terms of uh, longevity. It's amazing. It is, but I mean, look, uh, they have been competitive over the, over the course of his time there. They have played well. It's just when they get to the playoffs, they're they're the Bengals, and they just can't win a game. Right. You know, uh, there's only so much that, you know, only so many mistakes Vontez Perfect can make. <laughs> but, you know. Right. But, you know, sometimes certain coaches can only bring you so far. If you want to get further, you got to move on. It's absolutely true. Absolutely. And he's clearly one of them. Yeah. Jaguars winning overtime at home, 20-17 to 17 over the Chargers. Back-to-back well, -back wins are the biggest news there. Uh, and Jacksonville's coming on strong. They are. They seem to be... Um, the underdog, the Cinderella, they're not going to make it very far. But, look, it's, the pieces are starting to come together. The defense is strong. Uh, the problem is the quarterback. Yeah, Bortles. I yeah. mean, this guy has no confidence in the play call. In the, it, He feels pressure that isn't there. Uh, he makes all kinds of mistakes. He really does. He's He is not the key. He's... They're winning in spite of him, basically, and I think that's good that, point. That's going to be it. That's been his whole career, and that's going to be the rest of the season. And who knows what changes they'll make? Uh, Rams beat up on the Texans, thirty-three to seven. They're beating up on a lot of people. Goff with three hundred fifty-five yards passing. I mean, you know, I know they're facing Tom Savage, but this is was a savage beating. If biggest I biggest turnaround so. in any player in the NFL this year. Yeah, there's a reason he was taken number one. Or, well, now we know. Well, now we know. He was, he was playing like number two. <laughs> Very true. Um, Cowboys jumped out to a 7 nothing lead, and then it was all Atlanta, 27-7 down in Atlanta. They actually won a game. Um, yeah, and now uh, Elliott's out forever, about well, six games. He has finally decided to drop his appeal, and he will serve his six full games um, not so they lost the left tackle. They lost the running back. Yeah. And now they gave up uh, a full game uh, to the Eagles in the NFC East. <clears throat> and, and, they, and they play this week. Yeah, they play this week, which we'll get to. That's going to be a big game. And the Giants sink even further. Now, is, is that possible? Believe it or not, the 49ers are no longer winless. They have won 31-21 to over the Giants. Uh, C.J. Beathard apparently was the second coming of Joe Montana in this game, passing for 288 yards. Landon Collins, all these defensive backs just gave up. They Laying down. They don't. How? How does McAdoo have a job? I don't care what. I don't. The Maras and the Tishes look so, they just look so weak in terms of just going, well, at the end of the season, we'll we'll figure out what's wrong. Are you not watching? Are you not seeing this? This isn't going to improve. It doesn't matter what you do in the offseason. There's still a stink on McAdoo, and he's just not a head coach. Yeah, and of course, again, 11-5 and five last year. What's the difference? 
the difference. Same guy, same smug looking guy. Same terrible, terrible haircut and an awful fitting father's uh, suit that he got from his dad, I'm sure. I j- I, yeah. No, I'll tell you the difference. I'm pinpointing it. You're hearing it here. You heard it last week. The boat trip in Miami with all oh, those wide yeah. receivers, yeah. that was the turning point. They went the 11 playoff. and f- That's a good point. That, that was late. Because then they come back. There's no repercussions. There's no fines. There's none of this stuff because right. he's the offensive coach, and this is this is Beckham, and he is, you know— you know, treat yeah. treat him like you know they treat all these giant stars, especially in New York. Because yeah. I'm I'm telling you, I see a lot of similarities with Shockey and how Shockey used to run his mouth. Shockey did all this stuff. Shockey didn't get anywhere near, um, you know, penalized um, by the team. Yeah, and, they eventually got rid of him. Yeah, because he fell off the map, and he still thought, you know, he's, his his skills diminished, but he yeah. still thought he was all that in a bag of chips. Good point. So now here's the wide receivers going down to Miami, going down the boat trip, hanging out with Bieber. Meanwhile, everybody else, including the defense, is working on game film, and come come uh, the divisional round, again, it was a wild card game, a divisional game, I forget, against the Packers, probably divisional. Uh, yeah, they just, they stink. They stunk. And it was right. not good. And then when you go, and the, nothing changed. There was no finger pointing from uh, the coaches saying, maybe you should not have gone down to Miami. It was like, all right, well, we'll see you next year, guys. Yeah. But now they got the problem where they've really got to keep Manning playing because of that streak. Manning's insistent on playing. Well, of course. Well, And, and you, you can't tell me that this team is somehow going to be – look, it's a terrible team no matter what if Manning is playing or a backup's playing. But you can't tell me that – because at this point now it's win another game. To finish the season with one win is, for the New York Giants, despicable. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing that ticket, tickets are available for all these giant home games now. I mean, when they finally play the Eagles, you're going to have an all-Eagles stadium. Um, you know, and I'll jump to it uh, just to finish off. Pa- Patriots win big, no surprise. Panthers win over the Dolphins, no surprise there. So that finishes the week. But one of the other stories that came out because there was this, you know, Veterans Day boycott uh, idea that was getting passed around that there was going to be a diminished uh, number of of attendance at all these stadiums when attendance went up. And I can tell you right now exactly why. Well, it, well I'll tell you because. Let me tell you. <laughs> so, Please do. So people have been saying, I'm going to boycott. Well, they have tickets. They still want to get some sort of refund or money for the. And the NFL allows you to resell your tickets on their own personal website. Right. So people who don't get a chance to go to these football games say, whoa, these are cheaper tickets, and there's so many of them. Hey, let's, let's go. Let's go to a game. So in so yeah. I believe and I haven't seen it, but I'm going to say on record that this is what happened that people so resold their tickets cuz I'm not going. I'm si- I'm sitting out and I'm doing a boycott, but hey, people still got to try to get their money back cuz these are not cheap tickets no matter where you are. That's not right. the point of a boycott. That's not the point. That's uh Lee joining in. She's like the producer in the background you might hear in some shows. Um but no, that's not the point of a boycott. But listen, we live in a capitalist society. People want to try to make their money back. So then people say, "Hey, I want to go to a game. Look at how cheap these tickets are." And maybe you might be like, "I'm anti-boycott of this this stupid thing." So let's go to a game. So attendance actually increased. How about that? 
Well, that is crazy. But I'm thinking in the case of the Giants, I mean, that franchise, there's some old ticket holders. I mean, I'm not sure those people are actually showing up either. It's got to be their kids or their grandkids showing up. Well, sure. Well, you know, here in the here in the New York area, both the Jets and the Giants have famously had waiting lists, although the Jets' waiting list, I think, has gone by the wayside. Um, but the, I mean, season tickets were able to be um, willed within the family, like kept in, just passed down right. generation to generation. So famously, there are people on waiting lists and people who, you know, monopolize these these season tickets for all these teams, for the Jets and the Giants. And so now when an opportunity comes to a Jets or Giants game, most people jump at it. So, of course, Philly fans are going to pick up on these tickets because, again, capitalist society, people want to get their money's worth. So well, the they finally have a, a good team. They finally have a good team. The Giants' tickets are not in demand. unless And it's only up to Turnpike. Yeah, it's true. It's it's a really, it's what, an hour, hour and a half? Up That's to, about it. Yeah, you take 95 all the way up to the Turnpike, and then you get there, and then you go all the way to 16W. And boom, you're there. And boom, bada-boom, you're there, coming over the horizon. So let's move over to week 11. What are some best bets of the week? Oh, ooh, that's a good question. Well, well, I thought the Titans were. Well, right now, as we're uh, uh, behind the curtain, uh, as we're recording this, it's Thursday night. The Steelers are up ten to seven in the second quarter. Over Headline seven. Uh, I, I, I don't think they'll be able to cover that. I think the Titans would cover that. They'll, uh, they'll play it close. Well, just, uh, just watching the game. As I'm seeing the game, I don't, I don't, unless there's some giant second half adjustment, this is going to be, a, this has to be under seven points. So I think the Titans might cover this. Yeah. I'm thinking, well, at the, the, the Pittsburgh, they have five of the last seven games at home. Um, they got a decent quarterback, they got an excellent running game. And Antonio, so. Antonio Brown can't be understated. This defense. No matter who's in charge, always somehow comes to play. They're the, they're the football version of the St. Louis Cardinals. No matter what, they will always stick around. No matter they how hang bad, around, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> no matter how bad you think they are, they come on strong and they finish five hundred or even in the playoffs. That's a good point. Yeah, that's why yeah. I said it. So uh, yeah, like the Eagles. All right, so the Eagles. They're three and a half. That line. That's the Sunday night game. They're in Dallas. Yeah, three and a half. Right. And then the other one, hmm, I don't know. I guess I could stretch and say Cincinnati has a chance. Cincinnati at Denver. It looked at, I mean, Osweiler's not the answer. I mean, they were playing the Patriots defense. That's uh, leaps and bounds better than the Bengals defense. But, yeah, I have the Denver giving, what, two and a half, three? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think Denver should be favored against anybody. No, but they're at home, and you know the the altitude and all that stuff. And the Bengals, the Bengals are just not doing this year. But you know what? That that is a very good point. Cincinnati might be able to cover that. They could they could probably win that game. Yeah, you would think it's now or never. Yeah, well, they're not going. Neither of them going anywhere. No, so all they're playing for is pride and paychecks and all that stuff. Oh, absolutely. So okay, but 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 there's some good matchups. I mean, uh, looking at the Rams in oh. uh, Vikings. Oh, Rams Minnesota. Yeah, that L.A. versus Minnesota. That that looks pretty good. Minnesota given two and a half at home. 
Now, Minnesota, uh, the first game of the season, they were home, and they beat the uh, New Orleans Saints. Yeah. So, you know, that's amazing. That team can do that much without a quarterback. True. That's going to be a big game. Uh, the makeup of the Hurricane game, uh, Tampa Bay at Miami, which was supposed to be week one when they had the bye week because of the— So they had no bye. So they had no buy, so they've been, they're going to be playing six straight weeks. Um, I think, when, is Winston out again? I thought it was a one-game suspension. That's a good question. I thought it was a one-game suspension. But is see, he hurt? I see him as out. I don't think he's hurt, but that means Ryan Fitzpatrick back at it again, it looks like. So he's hmm. he's coming in. He's taking your jobs. He's a pinch hitter. He he's a pinch hitter that hits three run bombs every time he's in, <laughs> and then then he's then miraculously he's given the job, and then the following year he stinks. Everywhere he went, Tennessee, Houston, Buffalo, the Jets, it worked out the same way. Starter gets hurt, I come in, I play so well, they have to give me a big contract the following year. I forget how to play football. Smart. Because he leads with his head. He leads with his head. He went to Harvard and he leads with his head. Well, there you go. Like that's using a that's like using a Rolls Royce in a demolition derby. <laughs> yeah, it's well, so anybody sad. from Harvard in the NFL is amazing news. Yeah, it's true. It's true, very true. Um, also, the Washington uh, at New Orleans game that looks interesting. Um, I I don't think it's going to be a shootout, but you never know. But New Orleans is given eight. I don't know if I. Mm, Actually, that might that's not be tough, right? That's that's the right number for that game. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I could see that being a ten point game, so I would actually take New Orleans. Um, I could. Yeah, see well, if Breeze throws any any touchdowns, he hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in two weeks. Right. So you know, it's time to open up. Probably Washington's pretty good against the run, so so that's that. All right, so that's the NFL. Let's move over to baseball. Uh, some news. Uh, we'll start off with. Some award- Rookie of the year. Oh, oh, the awards were given out. Paul Molitor of the Twins, and uh, I always pronu- I forget how to pronounce the Diamondbacks manager. He won manager of the year. Um, rookie of the year was, of course, Aaron Judge. He set a rookie record for home runs. I mean, he was almost the AL MVP, which we'll get to as well. You had <clears throat> Cody Bellinger. He was also a shoo-in to be rookie of the year. Uh, Max Scherzer and Corey Kluber are your Cy Young Award winners and just came back down the pike today, Giancarlo Stanton, he who is on the trading block, and it's just insane what Derek Jeter and the Marlins are asking for him. But 59 home runs led all of baseball. He's the MVP over Joey Votto. And uh, for uh, here's a Game of Thrones reference, the Viper beats the Mountain. Uh, Jose Altuve beats out Aaron Judge. I get a little snarf over here uh Aaron, for the mvp for the mvp jose altuve he of what five foot nine beats out Aaron. Is he that tall I, I, he might i don't even know let me double check maybe that. he's less than that <laughs> you might be right um yeah so he came in and he won uh al mvp which but i think that, which that, is that right. makes sense no it's it's absolutely the right thing he led all of baseball in hitting um he was much more instrumental in the, of Houston having the second best record in the AL of winning the World Series, even though they they voted before the um, the season ended, like at the end of the season. So postseason had nothing to do with it because they voted before the postseason. But Jose Altuve was very; it was so much more instrumental in Houston going. It was as, fun to watch. It's, it's nice to see. <coughs> you know, it, 
He's great. David and Goliath. Yes, absolutely. And he's he plays second base, base so a, a defensive, um, you know, uh, premium position. He hits for average. He swings at every first pitch, which they made a lot of note in the World Series. And you could tell every first pitch he's swinging. And he has um, surprising power. And he's just a leader. Like, that team would not be... If you took Judge off the Yankees, then it's the Sanchez show. So, I mean, Judge is instrumental. But don't forget, his home and road splits were not all that great. There's a reason why, you know, he also set the record for most home runs by a player at Yankee Stadium with 33. But shouldn't Stanton go to Houston? Well, here's the thing. So Giancarlo Stanton, he has a no-trade clause, limited no-trade clause, I believe. I forget if it's a full no-trade or limited no-trade. I think it's full no-trade. Um, uh, There's a lot of people who say he should go to different places. The Dodgers make sense because he's a West Coast guy. Houston might make sense. Um, the Red Sox make sense. All these different places make sense. But the problem is, is that the Marlins want to basically use him the way that, you know, RG3 or Ricky Williams was used to rebuild the Saints or the, uh, uh, the So they want Rams. stuff in return? They want, they want prospects and major, yeah. league, and major league players. So you're asking for like a one for five to six deal. No, th- that's an outlandish amount. No yeah, matter, nobody's nobody's going to want to do that. Nobody's going to do that because, don't forget, Stanton can opt out in a couple years. So you're going to basically bet the farm for somebody who might not stay after two years, after yeah. three years? Yeah. You That's so risky. The price is too high. And especially when you look around at who's successful in Major League Baseball right now. Obviously the Astros, and how did they do it? They stunk for a couple years, got a lot of high draft picks. They won the World Series. The Cubs, how did they do it? Theo Epstein came in and said, we well, are going to— it took 100 years. No, no, but specifically when Epstein took the job, Theo Epstein, he said, look, we are going to stink for a couple of years. We're going to take our lumps, but we're going to get these high draft picks. They did, right. and they, they won the World Series. So and they got a big-time manager, too. Of course. So you're looking around Major League Baseball, and you say, huh, how are people doing it? Through the draft through the farm system, through prospects. And here comes the Marlins who are, doesn't matter who's wearing the shoe, the shoe still has holes in it. You know what I mean? There's a reason why the Browns are the Browns. doesn't matter when when, um, Mike Holmgren takes over. Somehow it all just, it's it's as it should be. So the Marlins come in saying, hey, dangling this giant piece of cake. Who wants a piece? Uh, 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 You have to pay a giant fine for it. No, it's it's not going to happen. And, you know, I mean, you're talking about a fan base that is barely existent because just like, how you know, we're talking about how all these football games are going to be, um, especially with the Giants or all these Eagle fans are going to come in later in the season. Whenever the Yankees or the Mets or any other team comes to Miami to play the Marlins, the whole crowd is a Met, is a Met crowd. The whole crowd is a Yankee crowd. Yeah. I mean, Florida is just like L.A. in that it's it, it, nobody. Nobody's well, from. Yeah, but, yeah, but it's nobody's also from too Miami. hot to sit in the stadium. They're, they're, no, what do you mean? They're, it's an it's a roofed-in stadium. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's climate controlled. It's climate controlled. No, they come. It's in the no. But it's, there's not enough room for walkers. What's the reason? <laughs> 
because they think putting a team in Miami was not a good idea because it's a transient city. There's a reason why the Raiders and the Rams left L.A. for, what, 20-some-odd years? Yeah, well, L.A., there's too many things to do there. There's too many things, and there's too many people. How many people? Seriously, I've heard the stat. 10,000 people come into, like, between 10,000 and 100,000 people come into Los Angeles yearly, annually, to come and live. It's a transient city. Miami's the same thing. You have, um, you have... People who move down to Miami from warmer, from colder climates, a la, you know, Met fans and Yankee fans. Then you have um, immigrants who come who, for the most part, are more fans of players from their country than they are the teams they play for. They care about the names on the back of their jersey than the, te- than the names on the front. And, right. they, and they wear hats for fashion, not to show allegiance. Yeah. Because if you got a slick-looking Yankee cap in, you know, a black instead of a navy blue, you're wearing that. doesn't matter if you live in Cincinnati. You're wearing that. So, so yeah, so Jose Altuve, MVPs, all the awards. Uh, speaking of managers, the Yankees still haven't picked a manager yet. Uh, Hensley Mullins is right now being considered. He's a Yankee. He's a former Major League Baseball player. Um, he's in the minors, uh, or he's a Giants bench coach. Because all the Yankees are looking for is somebody to have an idea of what analytics are and somebody to listen to Cashman when Cashman says, play this guy today. Okay. Is that true? Yes, because Girardi is sort of old school in that he was like, don't tell me what to do. I'm the manager. I'll do this. But that's a dying breed because so many— Well, that's a shame. That's bad for the game. But, but that's the way that's the way it's been since since Moneyball. Yeah, the whole country is getting soft, son. I it depends on how you look at it, but in terms of baseball, it's changing. That's for certain. Oh well, sure. I mean, look at the rules. Look at just look at everything. Right. Uh, speaking of coaches, the New York Mets uh, hired Gary DeSarcina to be their bench coach, a former Angel. Who Who's he? He's a former Angel infielder, shortstop. He was kind of a okay. He's you know, and then they also got Dave Island. Uh, Dave Island was the pitching coach. I think he was a former pitching coach of the Yankees under Girardi, if I remember. Well, correctly. what's wrong with Wharton? Um, well, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, you know, I, I keep I keep wanting to say Mike Hargrove, uh, Mickey Calloway, Mickey Calloway, the Mets manager, uh, new Mets manager. Who's, you know, I'm okay. You're okay. He. Um, <laughs> We're gonna care. Well, that, that's the new breed. That's what teams want. That's what I'm People talking. People that can 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 connect with young players, and I don't know if they want they, these guys don't have friends and they need one, or well, you know, I, I don't get it. Well, don't forget, sports psychology is a thing for a reason, and I don't. I'm not just talking about the mentality of the game in the game. Game theory. I huh? thought winning solves the problems that losing creates. Well, I, mean, I didn't know you needed a you know a back rub. Well, have you looked at our, our franchise, our shared fandom of a franchise called the New York Mets? Have you seen them? Have yeah. you seen their history? So, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, the, the fans themselves, we, we have no confidence as Mets fans. Well, they're, they're cutting their payroll. So what does that tell you? That tells, it tells me, me all I need to know. See, I heard that they were willing, they, they, they're probably willing to spend. Not, not to an extreme no, amount. No, that's not true. Well, they're talking about cutting the payroll. Well, I can believe it. So anyway. well, and how are you going to be competitive? Well, it's not like you're you know getting young players. 
Well, but here's the thing. You suck. You get draft picks. You get better. You would hope. You would hope. That's the whole theory, or you know, somehow Sandy Alderson's going to try and turn the clock back to 2001 and try to find all of these these misfit players, as they were mentioned by Brad Pitt in the movie Moneyball. You know, these island of misfit players who are undervalued and somehow scoop them up. It can only bring you so far. Has Oakland won any any uh, World Series? No. No. Okay, so then how good is it? It's Well, gets you to the playoffs, and anything can happen in the playoffs, but also anything bad can happen in the playoffs. But Mickey Calloway, he's a pitching, you know, he was a former, he's a, he was a pitching coach. So he's coming in, he wants, he he's has He's wearing own. Jerry Kuzman's number, but it turns out that that was his number. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, why is 36 available? That's another story. No, that's, that's because the Mets don't like to retire numbers. But Especially the, lefties. Right. But the point is is that Mickey Callaway's a pitching coach. He has his own theories, which include having the pitching staff basically have a cap of five to six innings. So they're going to be carrying, it looks so like— So full-time money for part-time—I mean, part-time work for full-time money. Well, how about this? So the starters are going to get the, the large amount of money. They're going to pitch five innings. They're going to—we're uh, talking about right now an eight-man bullpen for the Mets. So they're going to be paid, you know— pretty low and they're going to be doing the majority of the work i mean if that doesn't right. that doesn't scream capitalism i don't know what does <laughs> i don't know that, that's sharing the workload right but the big name out there is uh, the uh japanese player atoni i always forget how to pronounce his name yeah don't hold your breath on that well so atoni he wants to if i'm if i'm pronouncing it correctly uh he is a He's a pitcher slash outfielder. He is a he's he loves to hit. He's a pitcher who loves to hit, and he loves to, he wants. Well, to then be, we know he won't be playing in the American League. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So the you know there is hope technically that the Mets could get him because. You, I don't see them reaching out this year. They have made <laughs> no no indication that's going to happen. Well, something's going to happen. If it doesn't happen in the free agency market, they're going to try to trade. Because the, also, the the Mets are looking to go towards a first baseman, even though they have Dom Smith. For some reason, they've thrown their name into Carlos Santana, but you know, he's he he's Boris is his agent, I think. So he might. Yeah, well, no. Boris isn't happy that the Mets aren't spending. No, of course not. Oh, I'm sorry, Boris isn't is is not Carlos Santana, the baseball player, not the musician. It's not his agent. Eric Hosmer, who would actually be a better, I think, player for the Mets. He's represented by Boris. And, of course, Boris loves to get his player. J.D. Martinez, you know, uh, uh, an okay outfielder who was traded from the Tigers to the Diamondbacks. He's a free agent. The asking price for him is insane. I'll try to find it real quick. But, the, I mean, Boris is an agent, and he's just saying, like, hey, J.D. Martinez might just be the next Hank Aaron. So, you might as well pay him for like it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, the Mets need they they need a catcher. They need a first baseman. They need a third baseman. I mean, they they need a lot of help. Yeah. Uh JD Martinez reportedly seeking two hundred and ten million dollar deal. Right. That's ridiculous. Seven over that's, seven years. Over seven that, years. That's more than Powerball. Jeez, man. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Just bring back the food voucher on my ticket if you're not going to win the World Series. Yeah. Now that I can agree to. Yeah, that we can agree to. <laughs> Staying in baseball. Yes, they do have good choices. 
staying in baseball for a moment, um, we had uh, a retirement, uh, noteworthy retirement for us Met fans. Carlos Beltran re- announced his retirement after winning a World Series with the Astros. And um, he's going to go into the Hall of Fame, and he's he's going to wear a Met he's going to wear a Met hat. We've talked about this in the really? past. Really? Yes. Yes. Taking that third, that called strike. In the <laughs> I can't. I'll never forget that. No Met fan will ever forget it. Adam Wainwright called it the bet the best curveball he's ever thrown, and he was a rookie that season. Not great. And he just you know so it's it's bittersweet that here's a guy he's going to go into the Hall of Fame. His numbers are. Excellent. He played a premium position, and quite frankly, if you look at the statistic, you could really argue that he was he was over a three year span the best Met ever. Statistically, mm. he had better stats. But than... I never thought he could carry a team. No, I mean the stats. He's a compiler. He's a compiler, but uh, you know he's a Gold Glove winning center fielder. He played center field. Um, yeah, and and I don't know how he got to go. That he did not have a good arm. That guy it's not about arm. Way, huh? it's, not about, it's not well. Puig and and Cespedes and some of these guys have excellent arms, but Beltran could, too deep. Well, of course, but Beltran covered a lot of ground. True. He, he played center field. Don't forget Puig and Cespedes. They're not center fielders. They have great arms, but they're corner outfielders. True. Beltran had great wheels. He also has, I think, if I remember correctly, the best. Stolen base percentage in the history of the majors. I think mm. I could be wrong, but I'm 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 almost certain. Um, to the point where he, when he was asked to steal on the Mets, he would actually refuse because he did not want to damage his stolen base uh, percentage. Yeah, so he had. Um, oh, so he plays for himself. Three hundred and twelve lifetime stolen bases, forty nine caught stealings. Right. So yeah, you know, that's that's pretty good. So, well, most of the people only want to steal when they can get away with it. Mm. <laughs> ha ha. So, yeah, so, it, I mean, I don't see how he could not be in. Um, he's 30, um, what is he, 69th, per, he has a 69 uh, career war, which was 69th, right. um, like 69th, like all time or something like that. I forget, mm. forget the stats, but. Yeah, just he's, you know, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, sorry, war position players <clears throat> for his career, 69, per, uh, 69 war, which is good for 69th in history. Well, you're a lot more excited about this than I am. I, I don't know what's exciting. It's just so weird to think, like, here's a guy. I mean, the Mets have been, there have been a dearth of talent. There's a reason why when in, when somebody like Strawberry and David Wright have been on your team and they – Pale in comparison. Yeah, but isn't he really an all-star? He's not a superstar, is he? I think he's a superstar. I mean, really? let's go through the stats. He's a nine-time all-star, three-time Golden Glove winner, two, two-time Silver Slugger winner. He was a rookie of the year. He, let's see, he was fourth in the MVP voting in 2006 when he was mm-hmm. with the Mets. Um, <clears throat> he played... He played a hundred more games. Uh, I would say forty more games with the Mets than the Royals, but he had one more at bat, one more at bat with the Royals than with the Mets. So technically, right. they consider that. Um, he's got four hundred thirty-five home runs, uh, fifteen hundred RBIs. He's got a lifetime batting average of two seventy-nine, which is which is good. Um, 
350 on base percentage, which, let me look at that stat. That's actually good for, yeah, that's a high, you know, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Right. But hit the major, the his best years were spent with the Mets. And he's going to go in, and we just have this bad taste of Carlos Beltran because they're an ultimate low light. You know, the chance to go to the World Series. We got nothing out of it. No. No, we didn't. Yeah. You know, so. So that's enough with baseball. Let's move over to college football real quick. Um, they had uh, put out the um, the playoff rankings, and Georgia actually was one up over Alabama to start. And then... Georgia promptly lost to, to Auburn. To right? Auburn, they got smashed. I think they lost by thirty points. So now your national champion might be a two-loss team. Well, uh, right now Alabama jumped from number two to number one. They're still ten and zero. Miami, Miami jumped up to third. They're nine and zero, undefeated when they beat up on Notre Dame, right? Um, which was big. So the U is back. Uh, Clemson's one loss, Oklahoma's one loss. Wisconsin is a 10 and 0 team, but they're getting no respect. But right. Georgia dropped all the way down from 1 to 7. Like these teams cannot win. Hold on. They can't do it. They just can't do it. It's just yeah, a, That's exciting though. It is. It makes it really interesting. Oklahoma rebounded from a very early loss cuz remember, college football early losses count less than late losses do. So you have this early in the season, you have this, you know, um, yeah, this sway position where okay, well, you're what like, what what have you what have you done lately? Of course, what kind of winning streak are you on? So Alabama's top of the food chain. Georgia had their chance to hold on to it, but pfft, there you go. Although Georgia and Alabama are going to meet, it looks like in the um, in the uh, SEC championship game in a couple weeks, and you know we'll go from there. See how that goes. You know if Georgia can actually step up to the plate and you know do something right. As instead of just lay down for Alabama, but you know it's Alabama, it's Nick Saban. It always seems like that's going to happen. So that's college football. Moving over to college basketball, season just started, and Roy Williams won his 400th game with North Carolina. That's uh, huge. Which um, so he now has two. He won 400, 418 games with Kansas, and now he won his 400th game with North Carolina. So. Two different, but, but but what kind of stability with that? I mean, before him, at you where at uh, North Carolina? Yeah, because it was Dean Smith. I know forever, right? Dean Smith forever. There was a uh, you know Dean Smith retired in '97, so from '97 to '04 it was you know the four corner stall before yeah. the shot clock. But Roy Williams, even with 400 wins, he's 479 wins behind Dean Smith. Although technically, he does have a one percentage more uh, one loss record than Dean Smith does, so that's worth something. Um, but also in college basketball, it's what's been happening off the court. So last week we talked about um, Leangelo Ball and his two other UCLA teammates um, shoplifting uh, or uh, uh, charged with shoplifting. Right. Well, um, in in China, in China, uh, President Trump went over. He was there on a on a uh, Asian trip, and uh, apparently, he it came out in the press that he he had made overtures toward towards um, the Chinese government and specifically their president. As in begging for their release. Well, you know, 
whatever whatever happens. But long story well, he, short, he said they don't play over there. No, of course they don't. You'd be silly. Look. But what are these guys doing stealing Louis Vuitton sunglasses or whatever they were doing? Like, they're not going to be noticed in this store? Uh, very tall black men in China, and yeah. I'd, but look, they're, they're youthful. They're stupid. You know? and, they're, and they all stole. And then they had their luggage searched in the hotel by Chinese authorities, and there the glasses were. Now what, it, now, what does that do? And, of course, it silenced the father, right, because he wanted to be outspoken about it. LeVar Ball, you, you know? have not heard from him in a while. Well, no, you haven't heard anything because he might not have seen his son for 10 years. Right. So, so you know, he wised up in self-interest. He has decided to stay in his lane, if I may borrow a phrase of his. <laughs> exactly. He stayed in his lane. Stay in now, let's, lane. now, let's look at the ball that's playing. What's his name that's playing for the Lakers? Lonzo Ball, the number one draft, the number two draft pick in the, this past year. Well, he's who doesn't play the fourth quarter. No, he's uh, he's averaging thirty-two minutes a game. He's got a uh, he's got a thirty percent field goal percentage, twenty-three percent three-point. Because they realized, you know, the professional that this this shot is awkward for the NBA. The bit when you you get exposed in professional sports you get exposed in professional football baseball basketball and hockey and he has he has been exposed as nothing more than an assist machine true all he does is he pass the ball he's averaging seven seven assists a game that's pretty good but i mean that's not number one pick no no number no number one pick for a team no absolutely not yeah i mean so now what has this done to, to the ball brand it's heard it i mean you know big time right who's yeah yeah you haven't heard look between lonzo mightling in the nba and leangelo's legal trouble overseas and don't forget there's a third one on the way up lavar has had to keep it very low profile he's not coming out and he's got you know they've got the reality show and this and that but change his name Enter the witness protection program. Do something <laughs> different. Well, we'll see. So right now, it's not. It's not really working out well. It's an, it's an ugly situation. It's very. It's not working well at as at all. Um, it is working out for the Knicks, though. The Knicks continue to really here in here in the New York area. New York, even though they're at eight, it's a winning record at eight and six, and that's good for what, like eighth. Seventh, but they have a, technically a better record than Cleveland does, and a lot of it was just get out Carmelo Anthony, get out Phil Sims, and Kristaps Porzingis has been able to flourish, and all these role did, players. Did have you been, say Phil Sims? I'm sorry, Phil Jackson. Sorry, football. You know, thinking about I that. I saw that. Yeah, a little yeah. overlap. <laughs> so Phil Jackson, he's out. Carmelo Anthony, he's out. And they're doing better. They're doing better. They're doing better, and you know. Oklahoma City is not doing well with their, you know, big guys. They're seven and seven in the West. It's still early, but you know, the ones you figured, you know, Golden State's eleven and, and three. And what about the hype about the uh, the Sixers? Embiid, there's some they got some good young talent there. Trust the process, and right now the process is good for eight and six, tied for fifth. Simmons, yeah, I mean they're in fifth place in the East, and. Um, so far, so good. 
So the future looks bright. It sure does. Got to wear shades. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, pay for them, please. Aha. Nice callback. So going back to the NFL for a moment. So we talked about Ezekiel Elliott dropping his appeal. But Jerry yeah. Jones, we talked about a little bit. Um, yeah, get rid of Goodell. He wants – and so Goodell – so they're in the process of negotiating Goodell's next contract. And uh, look, I, I know it looks ridiculous. He wants a private jet? He wants fi- – I guess when you get $44 million tax-free, you know, you start thinking you deserve everything. But here's the thing, and it's so easy to get on and say, oh, my God, he, he wants a $50 million annual salary. He wants to use a private jet. Oh, my God. This is negotiations. Now, I don't know if I'm, – I'm sure people who have been in – even in a small negotiation, you put out what you want. They put out what they're willing to give. You find a middle ground. So, of well, course let's, – let's find out. First, how about a realistic assessment of what you're worth? Oh, he's damaging the NFL brand. He is. I mean, he, he shouldn't be getting a raise. He should be fired. Well, that's what Jerry Jones is saying, and Jerry Jones is, is, is lawyering up. Well, he, but he's the, he's the lone ranger out there. Yeah, because everybody else in the league is saying, Jerry, stop it. And they're saying, look, you do this, Jerry. We're coming at you. And look, <laughs> yeah. the, the NFL has exactly the kind of lawyers you think they do. There's a reason why we can't say Super Bowl or print Super Bowl anywhere except on um, – NFL right. licensed material. You say Super Bowl, they come on down on you hard. Don't forget, they tried. Right. I get it. They even tried to, uh, uh, what do you call it? They even tried to register the name, the big game. But the, it's only because the Cal Stanford game is called the big game that that was going to take out. Because everybody calls it, hey, the big game is coming up. The big game. Like, ooh, right. money making opportunity. Right. Nope, can't. You can't trademark that. So the NFL is going to come out with their lawyers and say to Jerry, stop now. Because they've got... Well, let's see. I hope not. Well, like you said, Jerry's the only guy out there doing this. The rest of the league is saying, shut up, take your money, be happy, and, yeah. you know... Well, the ratings are down no matter what. Yeah, yeah, no matter what. So, I and mean, they're... you know, we can tell what's going on regardless what the rest of the league says. But this is the sweet spot now because the holidays are coming up. Thanksgiving, December holidays, people aren't going to go out as much on a Sunday. You know, the holiday, people are going to get together. What do you watch on a Sunday when family's over? You put on football because, you know, you know, besides any political conversation that might come out of football, you still kind of, dr- you know, you doze off and you watch a football game and you drone out. So this, if, if it continues, then there's a lot of trouble and Jerry's got a point. But... Until then, you just have to go with what and trust the process. You have to, you know, know what's going to happen next in the NFL. So, Well, that should be trademarked, trust the process. <laughs> I think it actually is because I've seen T-shirts and I've seen it on, you know, the advertisements. I see the little trademark up in the corner. So, Is that true? I think okay. I'm, I'm yeah. going to look for that. Yeah, you, you keep an eye out for that. Well, while you keep an eye out for that, Dad, it was wonderful for you to join me this week. Thank you very much. I, I enjoyed it. Absolutely. Um, we will be coming to you next week from Thanksgiving from Thanksgiving dinner. Nice. Nice. We are going to be spending Thanksgiving together, so live in living color in the kitchen, you and me and anybody else who wants to join us. That's great. Today. we got to get outside throw that football around. Hey, there you go. A cla- Americana Thanksgiving. There you go. That the turkey best. bowl. The turkey bowl. Everybody wearing their nice sweaters and nice shoes. Coming to a board. neighborhood near you. <laughs> Thank you, Lee, as well, for joining in with your little peanut comments. She gives the salute and high five.
All right, Andrew, take it away. This has been another episode of Everyman Sports. The show's music is Cold Funk by Kevin McLeod and is licensed under CC Attribution 3.0. Everyman Sports can be found on Facebook.com, where you can like it to receive updates and news. Visit Everyman Sports in the iTunes Store to leave a review of the show. Also, visit everymansports.podbean.com directly to comment and support. Everyman Sports can be contacted directly at everymansports at gmail.com.